All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am not Brian. I just want to throw that out there as we get started. This is Dirt from PopCultureNetwork.com. I am sitting here with Joe Amato, uh, sitting here virtually because uh, we are talking online. Um, right. Not face-to-face because I don't want to scare you with my looks. But uh, today we are going to talk about some He-Man and the Masters of the Universe stuff. And it's this is episode six of Fans of Power. Usually... I am uh, hiding behind the scenes, muted in the background, occasionally typing bad jokes to Joe in the chat box uh, during the show. But today, uh, as the holiday weekend kicks off, schedules are a little crazy. Um, So we're sitting down and we're going to talk about some He-Man and the Masters of the Universe stuff. First question, though, Joe, I want to ask you. Uh Have you always referred to it just as He-Man, or for you, was it ever the Masters of the Universe? See, now it's funny you do say that, because growing up, I never heard any of my friends, anybody ever say, hey, you want to come over and play Masters of the Universe? They never said that. We always said, you want to play He-Man? You want to play with a He-Man? Yeah, that is how we, I guess, referred to it, was always He-Man. I've, yeah, I've never said that. And then the whole M-O-T-U abbreviation, I Uh think that was obviously brought up online, because it's quicker to do M-O-T-U than Masters of the Universe. So, you know, people look at it, and I guess some people say Motu, but I don't even like saying that. It sounds strange, you know, like... That sounds like that should be a character, is yeah, Motu. Yeah, yeah, we could make him. He's a mud man or something. But no, I... That, yeah, that's... You know, and it's weird you talk about that, too. There was a time that... um, It was a couple years ago. I was having, like, some of my auctions on eBay every once in a while were disappearing. I'd make a custom, you know, He-Man, Masters of the Universe figure. And I would always say, you know, like, whatever, custom Geldor from He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. And my searches, like, or my listing was disappearing. I was like, what is going on? And then I started contacting eBay. I was like, well, why did my auction get taken down? And they said, well, somebody reported it because you're saying you're selling a He-Man figure. I was like... I didn't say I was selling a He-Man figure. I said, I am selling Geldor, but he's from He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. And they said, oh, no, that's misleading. People are thinking that they're getting He-Man figure. I was like, do you know what the name of this is? I said, it's actually (laughs) He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I said, do you know that probably 95% of people, when they go to eBay, they type in He-Man lot, He-Man figure? I was like, that's how you do a search. I was like, do it right now. I was like, see the thousands that come up. And then it, it was a big thing. It lasted a while until they finally did see what I was talking about and fix that. So that's weird. That's how strange it is. That's how, you know, just as an example, you're talking about He-Man. That's what we think of, or at least most people I thought always did think of. They played with He-Man. They right. watch He-Man, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was always just He-Man. And in fact, it wasn't It wasn't until later. Like I remember being a little kid and just like, I'm watching He-Man. Someone goes, well, yeah, and the Masters of the Universe. And I'm like, what's a Master of the Universe? And they go, it's right there in the title. And I'm like, what are you talking yeah. about? This is just He-Man. Like, uh-huh. I don't even know what you're talking about. What is a Master of the Universe? <laughs> that's, you know, it's weird you say that, too, because a lot of people always said, well, what are the masters of the universe? I mean, are they the bad guys? You know, which some people said at one time that's what they're going to be. Were they good? I know in a lot of the early um, Alcala mini comics, I know that um, the spirit of Gray Skull, if you will, if that's what you'd want to say, like that smoky skull that come out of the castle, mm-hmm. he would refer to the good guys, like He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, it seemed like it was always being referred to as the good guys and never really in reference to the bad guys. But, I mean, you know, like you said, I guess you could take it however you want. Some people really didn't like how He-Man presented that 
phrase, if you will, in the new MYP cartoon when that came out, when he was like, you know, we're masters of the universe all, or however he phrased it. Oh, that turned people the wrong way. They said, oh, God, I hate that he's calling him and the good guys masters of the universe. I was like, well, it's not like we've never seen it before, but I guess hearing it maybe sounded strange. You know, I don't know. You know, like I said, I know there's a lot of people that, you know, can really take things literally, and they might know a lot more information about it, but... Yeah, well, it's, it's also, they're, they're masters of the universe in the same way that we have World Series baseball champions that don't play anyone else in the world. They're masters of the universe, but they don't go anywhere else in the universe except their planet. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not like they're traveling through the galaxies all the time. They're just hanging out on this one planet, but somehow that's the whole universe. Yeah, I guess the only time... Uh you would see traveling would be within the dimensional portals or something or, you know, whatever. But I mean, I guess knowing Marlene, at least in the filmation cartoon and, you know, how she came from earth, maybe it made it feel like, Oh, it's a little more vast, but you're right. It wasn't constant. Every episode, you weren't seeing them traveling to another world with a spaceship or something, but there was, you know, there was some traveling to other planets just in different ways, I guess. All right, I want to talk for a second about customs, because you do custom figures, and I've got a couple questions I want to ask you. Mm -hmm. First of all, when you typically sit down to do a custom, are you taking a figure that is otherwise pristine, a classic figure, and adulterating it, or are you going through a bag of parts and pieces of things that are never going to have a happy life and trying to give them a new home? I, I guess you could say both um no there's yeah there's times that i might have just a big bag of extra parts you know a little messed up they need some fix they need some tlc and then i'll turn them into something that you know yes it's then like a new figure and then there's times where a customer might have a brand new figure whether it be vintage or you know new adventures or the classics anything princess power they'll send me a really nice figure and they want it turned into something new so i mean i've done both i mean even sometimes just sculpting something absolutely from scratch with no reuse of any parts but yeah like that for me it's um it's it's a whole entire package meaning like i i love doing the figures i love doing the card back that you know like i said i'll use photoshop to make the fronts and backs of the image printing them out i mean make i make that card back 100 percent from scratch too you know finding a card stock for it cutting it to size it's it's like one whole gigantic project and yeah, I mean, I just love doing it. You know, it's like I said, it's what I do for a living. It wasn't something I ever envisioned doing. You know, before doing that, I, I worked in a factory for about 10 years. And mm. when yeah, when that place closed, I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, but I sure don't want to do this type of work, just, you know, killing myself. I was breaking my back at that place. And and I always, of course, you know, love Master Universe. I go to eBay. I've seen somebody selling some customs one time. I was like, you know what? I've never done nothing like this, but I'm going to give it a shot. I want to see what I could do. And I did it, and yes, it was very crude looking, you know, because it was the first time I sculpted it. It was pretty terrible. and But it sold, and I was like, you know what, maybe now I can try to really take this seriously. I was like, because there's hundreds of characters. I mean, if not, yeah, I mean, hundreds from the cartoon, the mini comics, other comics and material that were never turned into figures for, you know, the vintage line. And, right. of course, now with the new stuff, classics and everything. But that's what drove me. I wanted to give people that feeling that I had when I was a kid when you'd go into that store and you'd see that new figure and, you you know, you didn't expect to see anything new or what it was going to be. And it got you excited. And I was like, if I could give somebody that kind of feeling 
you know, that would make me, you know, I guess myself feel amazing. You know, if I could just give somebody a figure that they always wanted. And it just, it, it grew. And it's, it's like I said, it's just a passion. I, I love doing anything I can just to, heck, put a smile on somebody's face or just, you know, make their collection a little more complete. Have you ever gone to take one apart to, you know, re-sculpt it as something, to make something out of it and just... Like your heart sank knowing that you're going to be tearing this figure apart, but it was going to be destroyed. It would never be uh, the same vintage figure ever again. <sighs> or are you just like you Dr. Know, Frankenstein laughing maniacally, just <laughs> ripping body parts and throwing them across no, the room? Well, the thing is, um, if it wasn't like, you know, if somebody sent me, which it's never happened, but like let's say somebody <laughs> sent me a mint on card vintage figure that they said, rip this open and turn it into a figure, I might think, wow. You know, because I know some people go bananas thinking there ain't no way I'd ever open, you know, this Minon card figure. You know, and others, you know, hey, they'll just gladly rip them open and they don't care because they love displaying. You know, some people love having them carded. Some just say these things were meant to be free and posed. So for that, I guess it'd feel strange. I mean, not for me, but for them thinking, wow, you really did this? You couldn't have found just, you know, a loose figure online <laughs> somewhere? So, yeah, because when I'm doing it, you know, I, I never feel bad about it. I love it. It's like your mind spinning like what am i going to do with this how's it going to turn out and it's fun just seeing how you could turn one thing into a, a completely new figure it gives you an amazing feeling just to see how it transforms you know right what about vehicles have you ever done custom vehicles uh yes um i've done some where it's been kind of repaints with little additions um i've turned and did my own visions of taking vehicles or creatures and turning them into like, you know, characters, which it's not like something I invented. People have been doing this forever. Right. So it's not like, you know, I could say, Hey, I invented that. I didn't, you know, it's like I took battle cat, turned him into battle cat, man, Panther into Panther man. I even did Bashasaurus, made him into Bashasaurus man. You know, I, yeah, you know, some putting man after everything, but Hey, that's the he man. Right. Shtick. You know, exactly. you put hyphen, hyphen man, but I did all those, but, um, there's one I'm working on now. I it's funny because you bring up about the vehicle, and it's it's a Christmas theme. Last year, I made for a cus, uh, customer, I made him a Faker Claus. He loves Faker, and he's seen the Santa Claus that I did of you know Prince Adam as Santa Claus and all that. Well, he was like, make me a Faker one, so I made him a Faker one, and that was last Christmas. And he was like, I want you to do something for next Christmas and have it ready for me. You know, just maybe about a month before, and it's going to be something, let's say, that Faker can ride in. So I don't want to spoil it because I'm going to be showing – what's that? Oh, I'm just kind of giggling here and thinking about it. Yeah, because it's going to be shown probably – it's weird you brought it up in about a week. And uh, it, it's fun because it's one I've been holding back this whole time. I've been wanting to talk about and say, but I was like, oh, I can't. But once it got close to it, the customer didn't mind me you know, bringing it up or getting ready to show people. So – yeah, there's going to be a vehicle and something else for them, too. Do you always make them customs uh, with the intent to sell them, or do you sometimes just make them because you want to see what a character would look like? Uh, well, I mean, I think probably when you started, you would probably start doing just ones that you wanted to see. But nowadays, is it something, do you have the time and luxury to just make something because you want to see what, uh, you know, New Adventures, Faker, Skeletor would be, or well, well, that's the thing. When I do make them, it's something that sure I'd like to see, but it's also in mind something I think and I'd hope somebody else wanted to see because I actually, um, I mean, there's so many things that I work on for people. 
beyond even putting things, you know, up on, you know, auction sites. But I really don't have the luxury of making something for myself. The only time I did it was when they released Granamere for Classics. I said, this is going to be the first time I'm going to own a custom for myself. I said, because beyond owning red Granamere, I want green Granamere from, you know, the Dragon's Gift, that mini comic. Because he was different. You know, it, he's not just a simple repaint like let's take Granamere, bam, he's green, he's done. No, that's that's not how he looks on the mini or in the mini comics. He he has no wings in the mini comic. He's you know a little more aged look in the face with bags under his eyes, different colors on the helmet, nails, and everything. But the big detail that's usually overlooked sometimes is on his tail. He doesn't have those scales that go down it. He has these big, nasty warts. Like he's kind of like pinkish, you know, whatever color warts he has. And that's on his tail, and I was like, I got to do that. So immediately, as soon as I got Granamere, I mean, I ordered two when he was available, and I made one for myself. And it was never to sell. I, I didn't even, as crazy as it sounds, you'd think, hey, why don't you put it up for sale? I was like, I just didn't want to. I wanted to keep that, and so he's still in my collection. As a collector, as someone who likes to buy the figures, buy you know whatever variants, uh, um, I don't. Do you ever go out and try to get some of the like the Fierza T um, South American uh, that are like kind of bootlegs of He-Man or any of those kind of weird offshoots, or do you try to stick yourself only to the Mattel stuff? Well. Uh... I would like to get even more, but no, I, I, that's something I discovered, obviously, when the internet and eBay came about was yeah. this other stuff, you know, just doing random searches, like, what is this? And finally, oh, this is something from Mexico, this is from Argentina, this is from here, and I was like, man, this is stuff, you know, it's cool, and I was fortunate enough to get the Forza T figures, all men on card, almost as soon as the internet was kind of around, or at least when I first started getting on the internet, because I'll be honest, it was out a while before I got on. But once I got on and found them, I got them at a good, really, you know, reasonable price before now they're kind of really up there sometimes. But I loved them. You know, the plastic felt a little bit different. Um, they had a couple, you know, a couple new little sculpts and details on a couple of figures. But, oh, I ripped them open. I didn't keep them closed. <laughs> I'm just not, a, you know, I'm not a mint on card collector. I mean, nothing to knock against mint on card collectors because they have some amazing collections. But I was like, no, I just got to pose these guys and put them on a shelf because I always display my figures on a shelf or in certain poses and and they're pretty cool one thing i didn't know about was um well i mean i got these pins and they were from argentina and there was tila skeletor and he-man and the skeletor and he-man had slightly kind of different you know quirky little sculpt but the tila was just sculpted amazing and they were slightly painted when I got them, but I thought that's how they came, and I didn't know that they were a solid color. They were just like – it's like a, a hollow-blown plastic, if you will. Oh, okay. And, and I never knew that. But um, yeah, because then I touched up Tila, but those were kind of really cool and unique. These And the size of the the pens, for the they're almost the size of an action figure. And it was just cool to see Tila because you never seen much – other merchandise for Tila back then, like how everybody basically got so many different things. I mean, she had an eraser and some, I guess, a pencil topper in some other countries, but she didn't have tons of stuff. So it's it's always refreshing when you see something different. But 
Yeah, I, I do. I get into that um, kind of knockoff stuff. Not as much as other people that um, – there's some people – wow, I mean they, their collections are insane compared to mine. I mean they'll have so many variants of a He-Man or a Spike Or or somebody else with a different colored belt and a different colored this and something on the back strange. It's stuff I still don't know all that stuff about. But Well, even – I, I can remember being little and having a He-Man figure that nobody else had and – it was one of those things that I was like, well, you know, yeah, this is a He-Man guy. It's, uh, you know, I, I don't know what the name of it is, but, I mean, this is my He-Man guy. You know, I don't, I didn't understand why other people didn't have the He-Man guy. And then, of course, as I grew up years later, I found out it was a Conan figure uh, from oh. Remco. <laughs> uh, and, and, I, you know, it took me a while as I got older to realize that there were other lines that, you know, the WCW wrestlers and uh, the Conan figures, and there are some other, like, army guys, uh, I don't know what brand they were, but they use that 5.5 scale and that almost exact same look. Right. Um, and, and I love looking at a lot of those figures, because it's almost mm -hmm. like you've got this bizarre alternate universe of He-Man figures. It is. That's when I wish, you know, like you said, if you had a time machine, you can go back and do something. I would love to go back to get all of them if I could because, to me, when I seen them as a kid, I was like, oh, man, look at these ripoff of He-Man. Oh, that's <laughs> fake. Oh, he looks stupid, and I never wanted to get him. And I'm like, dang, I wish I would have got them because, like you said, I mean, those things are so collectible. But now you can appreciate how cool they are from, like you said, the wrestlers to, you know, any of the other things that they made. I mean, they, they loved using that, like you said, five and five – you know, body style. And Remco, you're right, they made a ton of different stuff, but yeah, I just, I never got into it. I guess the only different thing that to me was bizarre for a He-Man figure was with, with Too Bad. Now, my Too Bad, you know, he had a hard time standing because he had the big round chest and the big round back and it made it wobbly for him, especially with a lot of play and, and you know, wear and tear. He couldn't, his legs couldn't support it, so I had to start propping him against the wall. And my buddy brought his too bad over one time, and it was flat on the back. I was like, What happened? I was like, You break that? He was like, No, that's how I got it. I was like, What do you mean that's how you got it? This is how it looks. And I showed him my round back, my round phone. He said, No, I bought it, it looked like that. And I always thought he was lying. <laughs> you know, I, I was like, Of course, how could he rip it off, and why would it have been sculpted smooth as a kid? Your mind just sometimes it does not process a certain way. And then I found out they started having weird little variants and like uh, Grizzlor. There's the dark face Grizzlor and yeah, stuff I guess you, you know, never really look out for because, you know, as a kid, again, you didn't have, you know, guides to look at and you didn't have the Internet to look at to know of all this different stuff. I think also, you know, when you're young, you've got card backs and you can look at the card backs and you see six figures or eight figures, but not necessarily the entire line. So you could look at them and say, oh, well, I've got, you know, Man-at-Arms, I've got Beast-Man, I've got Trap-Jaw, I've got Triclops, you know, whatever. Um, maybe I don't have Stratos or, you know, one of the characters listed on there, but you feel like you've got the collection and it's pretty good. You know, you're only missing one or two figures. And then you get older and suddenly you realize, no, there weren't six figures or ten figures, there were like 40. You know, and now it's like, oh, now i got to go and hunt all these down because the collection just isn't a collection if it's missing that many pieces. You know, you just feel like there's this uh, this hole where this stuff is missing that you're supposed to have. Oh, yeah. And, and that hunt, man, nothing beat that hunt back then. Because you're right, you had to go to the store and just be lucky. 
to see if something was new. You never knew when new stuff was coming. Like I said, you just had to keep going. So, I mean, I, from the beginning, when it first came out, got Masters, and it just continued. So I did. I mean, I was fortunate to you know, fortunate enough to know everything that was coming out, just never paid attention to obviously variants. Mm. And I was always expecting, always wanting to see. And so when something new would come, you know, it was, it was pretty amazing. Like one time for my birthday, it was just a perfect timing. I got, you know, $50 to go to a, a toy, a hobby toy store inside a mall. And when I went in, that's when they had the wave that had Scareglow, King Randor, Ninjor, the Sorceress, Blast. I mean, my, my mind was exploding. It was like, boom, boom, boom. I was like, what is going on? What is all this stuff? And, and you know, you never questioned at least with most kids, you never question looks at, hmm, that is a ninja. What is he doing in the world of Masters of the Universe? He does not belong. You didn't ever say that as a kid in one of that when you're like 10 years old. You're going bananas just seeing the logo of Masters of the Universe. New character. Let's get that sucker. Look, bam. And there was many comics you know, with them, and most of the mini comics did talk about all the new characters. And if hypothetically something didn't, you had an imagination, you could create your story, and you could make everything fit into that world so you as a kid never usually question saying this guy didn't fit in because his body shape was slightly different or this looked different you just never did that i, I guess the only way you would have did that is if you were like grown up to like let's say you were 14 at the time when those figures came out and you were past collecting you know and they're like eh, right. okay they don't look right but as kids growing up collecting you just got it all and you made it work well, and especially if you grew up with things like, say, Transformers, where you had a guy who could turn into a semi-truck and a guy who would turn into a mini cassette player, mm -hmm. and yet they would both transform into the same size robot. Mm -hmm. You know, just the fact that they were different sizes uh, didn't really occur to you that they may have come from two different toy lines, you know, that some company was trying to pass off uh, as being one. You just said, okay, well, you know, it's these are toys. You just didn't mm -hmm. think about it. Um, one other thing I want to talk about real quick, and then we'll take a break and we'll bring uh, Brian in for uh, part two of the show here. Okay. Um, one of the other things that I like to collect are the uh, what they call the designer vinyl um, or, or uh, custom vinyl figures where people do kit bashes of their own uh, figures. Um, uh, ben Spencer in Chicago will do uh, the Lucha Sharks and Galaxor figures where they're the 5.5 the and they'll use, you know, that Remco slash Mattel um, size and body, but they'll sculpt you know their own heads or their own arms to go with it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, they're guys doing what they call the war on prehis um, in uh, I think they're in Germany. Um, they do uh, good leg toys, put together you know their own um, custom figures that are still in that five point five you know scale. We see a, a lot of guys popping up with this other random stuff, and I'm wondering if you ever collected any of this random stuff in that 5.5 scale that other people have put together that are either some of them are complete sculpts and they just have that look of the 5.5 and some of them are ones where they've taken the he-man figures and they've you know molded new heads and arms uh you know sculpted them and and, and made i don't want to say mass production because they only make like you know 20 of them at a time or right whatever. but have, have you ever gone after any of those kind of weird uh 5.5 kind of the bastard legacy of human 
I honestly have not, and it's nothing against any of the people's work because all the stuff they do is just amazing. It's just it comes down to room that I have to display stuff. Right. And since it's pretty limited because, um, like you said, I've kind of clogged up as much space as I could because I only use one room to display my stuff. It's not multiple rooms. Just I always wanted one dedicated room to my Masters of the Universe and stuff. So it's clogged so much and stuff is now set in – some of it is in totes and set in the closet. I just don't have room as much as I'd love to. And there's amazing stuff, like you said, that everybody puts out, but I just uh, kind of don't have the room to do it. Yeah, and it's also one of those things where I would do more if I had the money. Uh, sure. A lot of them can get pretty expensive because they are limited. Mm -hmm. um, it's just kind of one of those things where if I had a million dollars and could buy all of them, I would, I would love <laughs> Oh, yeah, because then you could get a bigger house to get a bigger room and more room. Then, yeah, oh, I'd be all over that stuff then. There's a lot of stuff I'd love to buy, but I just Oh, can't. yeah, I mean, if I had the money, I'd be buying a storefront in downtown. I could just open a museum of, of all the one stuff, random stuff I want to collect, you know? Right, right. All right, we are going to go ahead and take a quick break. Um, Brian is awake and alive, so we're going to pull him in for uh, part two, and we'll be right back. You're listening to a podcast from PopCultureNetwork.com. Hey guys, Dirt here. Just taking this opportunity before we get back to part two of the podcast to remind you that MaddieCollector.com is having their eight days of cyber savings starting tomorrow, Monday, November 23rd at 9 a.m. Pacific. And what's going to happen? Well, basically, if you order $100 or more of products at MaddieCollector.com, you get free shipping. You're also going to get special deals every day as part of the eight days of cyber savings. You are going to get special discounts, some things up to 50% off from Maddie Collector's online store. Um, there's also going to be some sales after the cyber sale ends with special things that are 25% off. But right now, daily deals at MaddieCollector.com. Now, I just want to point out, this is not a paid advertisement. Maddie Collector is not giving us money to remind you of this. Joe Amato, out of the goodness of his heart, wanted me to point this out to you guys because so many of you collect these toys and you know you want a good deal when it happens. So make sure you check out MaddieCollector.com all this week, starting November 23rd at 9 a.m. Pacific, to check out the eight days of cyber deals. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode six of Fans of Power, and we are finally joined by Brian here. Who uh, were, were you drinking away your morning? What happened there, Brian? <laughs> yeah, I was drinking today. I was uh, sleeping on the couch. wasn't feeling too good. <laughs> I must so, have passed out. Are you going to suddenly disappear in the middle of the show, and we should not ask questions of what happened to you? Uh, you never know with me, so I guess we'll just have to find out. All right. Well. Uh, one thing I was talking to Joe about earlier that I, I want to ask you about real quick is sure. one of the things that I discovered um, after you know I got older was I had some He-Man figures that nobody else recognized as He-Man figures, and I later realized they were Conan figures from Redco. Um, right. But they were the same style, same 5.5 scale. Um, you know, They had the same basic look to them. Did you ever collect any of those other... You know, WCW wrestlers or the Conan figures or Warlord or any um, of those guys? I actually did have Warlord. Um, I had Warlord. I had Demios. I think I'm saying his name right, right? Um, yeah. And I believe uh, Hercules out of the DC figures. Um, I know for a fact that I had Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan, the knockoff one. 
And um, I can't remember, but I'm sure I had some others. But those are like the five that I know that I definitely did have. And what about nowadays with uh, any custom figures or any of the like designer uh, style figures that people have out there where they're they're keeping alive that 5.5 scale of new figures, but they're either kit bashing, mixing together, you know, random stuff or sculpting all new figures in that that same He-Man scale. What with the new the with the new uh, classics figures? No, 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 no. Stuff like um, uh, Lucha Sharks from Ben Spencer or War on Prehis from Good Leg Toys or any of those um, smaller companies, guys who are you know in their garages and their basements who are making uh, figures that are in that same He-Man five point five scale. Uh, they're making you know twenty thirty figures. Uh, it, it's like their whole. Um, you know, instead of making like a thousand and shipping them out to stores, they right. are themselves personally making a mold and making, you know, 10 figures, 20 figures of, uh, figures in that same He-Man 5.5 scale. No, actually I don't. I, uh, I, uh, I, I, I really don't collect anything except for, um, pretty much just the name brand Master of the Universe now. So I don't really get into anything else. It's, uh. I focus more on on the name brand merch stuff because it's more expensive. Um, it takes up more of my money, so that's where I spend it all. I really don't buy customs and stuff like that. Um, I used to try to make some for the 2000X series, um, but other than that, I don't really uh, buy any other type of series. Just the, the the name the name brand, I guess you can call it. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing we discussed is how expensive it can be to, you know, try to get everything. You only have yeah. so much money to spend. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's quite expensive, especially stuff that hasn't uh, hasn't seen the light of day in years. Uh, I'm actually in uh, a little. Uh, might be buying this table off this guy, but we have, we'll have to see how that goes. Um, I've never seen one before, and um, so we'll see. What'd We're you going say back buying? and forth. Uh, I, uh, this uh, Masters of the Universe table table i mean but what's it look like i i, I mean what's the description of it it's a table it's got like four legs <laughs> <laughs> no i mean no i mean uh what a table is it's oh, a no, master's of the universe table that this guy's made <laughs> no, i mean is, is there like you know a diorama with this or is it just a... what is it um no yeah it's uh it, it's got like um um some type of design on it some he-man design on it hmm. and um so we're going back and forth with a price right now, but I, you know, um, I, I love that stuff from the '80s. You know, the merch stuff, everything and anything that I could have possibly made. You know, they they tried making it or did make it. So that's what I really basically spend all my time focusing on because I, I get all the figures, I got all the playsets, vehicles, you know, all that stuff. So now it's getting all the cool stuff, school supplies, uh, bathroom supplies, you know, all that weird wacky stuff that people really don't have so that's you what i basically that, spend you got the mini battle bones that holds the stampers and all that stuff too no that's the one thing oh. i don't I, I don't have that um oh. there's this guy out there that uh this this jerk tom ace he kind of gets them all <laughs> yeah I heard um it. Yeah. yeah he's a real jerk um <laughs> but um yeah he he, he kind of hoards all the expensive stuff but um you know so what you're saying is you're going to pull off a heist pretty soon. You're going to 
grab a ski mask <laughs> and, a, and an unmarked van and head over to his house. If there was a if there was a store that had this stuff, man, yes, I would definitely try to pull that off. But um, yeah, I mean, no, nah, it's kind of cool. That, you know, he it basically, I guess, you got to be in the right place at the right time, and uh, you know, Tom has been in um, the right place at the right time the last few times with uh, the mini battle bones. I don't have one. I would love to have one, though, but I don't. Yeah, they're pretty cool. I like them, too. They're, they're uh, pretty cool, that mini battle bones. <laughs> no, right. I had one because yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I remember that time. I never knew you were looking for it, but I know uh, he was. I said, you'll be able to find one because I know he was wanting mine, but, of course, I wouldn't give it, you know, give that up. Yeah, but, yeah he was it'll, pretty still, it, it'll pop up again. I mean, everything always does, so, I mean, I'm in no rush. It, it'll pop up. That's just one of the things on my list. Um, I'd love to get that. And uh, I want the door hanger, as you know. I had mm-hmm. one as a kid, and that's gone. Um, yeah, there's. I, I mean, there's so much. That's the thing. I mean, yeah. there's nobody can own all that. I mean, you know, it's it's cool to have as much as possible, but it seems like just when you think you might know everything, bam, something else pops up. That's why, like when you mentioned the table, I was like, I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. I didn't know yeah. if it was yeah. from the U.S. Another country has like a table. So there you go again. Well, I mean, there's just always so many things. I actually was on eBay once, and I put in um, what, what did I put in? I, I I put in oh geez, I can't even remember the name of the what I put, uh, placemat or floor mat or diorama. I forgot what it was, and this thing comes up from somewhere in Europe. I've never seen it before. It's Mattel. It has Mattel's uh, logo on it and everything, and it's this really cool floor mat. He-Man's on it, Skeletor, um, I think Beastman and Man-at-Arms are on it. And then you got like the uh, – you got a couple of vehicles on it and the caves and stuff. It's pretty cool. That's I mean, what's it's, cool. It's I mean, amazing. Yeah, because, I mean, that's the thing. It seems like, you know, international fans, you know, outside of the U.S., they, they just got so many other cool pieces of merchandise. And what I like about most of the things they show, especially when – whether it's something on the box or just like you said, something on a mat or a, a post or anything, right. it's, it's cool art. I always love seeing the art because it, it's so fresh, it's brand new, and I mean they got a lot of cool pieces, and yeah, there's so many things to find, but like I said, you just can't get all of it. Yeah, it's tough to get it all, and it's very, very expensive. I mean, I try, and um, actually in the last couple of weeks, I've been actually frustrated because there hasn't been anything new of Masters of the Universe out there that I can pick up. So I actually started collecting the uh, Star Wars micro collection. I don't know if you guys remember the uh, little metal diecast figures. So I pretty much actually just bought that whole collection. Um, Gotta spend your money some way, huh? This is Phil Floyd, you know, yeah, I'm itching. So uh, that's basically what I've been doing. All right, I want to switch gears here for a little bit, and I want you to uh, set your way back machines, put on your thinking caps, and try as hard as you can, because this is uh, a question that I've seen a lot of people ask online, and memories are very hazy. Do you guys remember, were you first introduced by seeing toys in the toy store, or were you first introduced to He-Man because you saw the cartoon and found out later that there were toys? Toys. Toys, both of you. Yep. Oh, yeah. 100%? Oh, yeah. Yep, 100% toys. Do you remember what your first toys were that you ever got? Beastman. Uh, uh, yeah, I would probably say it was between Beastman, He-Man, Skeletor. Um, my parents were notorious from going to JCPenney, you know, the wish book. So they had whatever they had, that's what I got, whatever they were offering at the time. But I believe it was 
Uh, Beastman was like my all-time favorite. And of course, you had to have He Man and Skeletor. Uh, other than that, it gets hazy. Yeah, for me, it was uh, it was Beast Man, and see, that's what's cool about, like you said, about kind of with memories. At least knowing, I know I started off with the toys, then went into the cartoon because I know a lot of people start off with the cartoon, then kind of went to the toys, and you'll you'll get a lot of debates between people. Now, for me, I love everything. I don't like you know just basically stand behind one thing, but some people say. The original mini comics, you know, that is what's the best. That's when He-Man was a little more. It looked a little more barbaric. It wasn't as funny. It wasn't as cutesy. And then the cartoon came, and some people felt like, you know, it lessened the tone of He-Man. And then some people loved the cartoon. Said, oh, I don't really appreciate the comics. You know, I don't like how he talked with the and though, and you know, all the kind of like ancient type of ways they would talk. I but that. I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, it's just some people hate this. Some people love yeah. this. I mean, I loved it all. But that was what's good is when you. I mean, like I said, I, I'm. I'm lucky enough to where I at least, since I grew up with the toys, then went into the cartoon, I guess maybe I wasn't so judgmental. I mean, and anybody can judge something. That's fine. They can have their preference. But I just appreciated it all. I mean, after the toys, when I knew those cartoons, like, oh, my God, this cartoon. If cartoons come out. And then you just loved it and you went with it. And then it's like I appreciated everything. But, yeah, you sometimes might get some that like one over the other. But, yeah, I, I, like I said, if anything, yeah, Beastman was my first toy. It was one I took everywhere I went. I remember I went on a vacation one time, um, not out of the country. You know, we didn't have that kind of money where we were going out of the country, <laughs> just another state. And I went on vacation to Michigan. But, no, I went to uh, Houghton Lake, Michigan. And it was in the summer and nice little cabin, water and all that. And there was this one area by like a little swampy spot where you could like sneak into and it was almost like a little fort and I used to take you know my figures in there but I I, I love taking Beastman and like tying his whip around like a little tree limb and it's swinging him you know it's like <laughs> hey you know Beastman swinging in the jungle and yeah. the thing is that's what broke my heart it's gonna sound bizarre but getting home putting all my figures back up on the shelf didn't have my whip and realize I lost the whip there in Houghton Lake and into that vine and we never went back you know on vacation there again so it wasn't until I was an adult I found another whip for Beastman but I lost my whip there wow. see I can remember having the figures and having to buy the accessory pack because all the swords and shields were long gone you know uh, after having the figures for a couple months it's, they were oh, just yeah, running around yeah. half naked you know so, so you had you to buy the accessory the pack colors, yeah. so I was oh, running okay. around with the blue axe for a long time <laughs> That blue wax strikes back. I couldn't do nothing with it. Yeah, for me, it was because, you know, I kept yeah, I kept them all. You know, I mean, like I said, I still have everything from my childhood. But um, that accessory pack, it kind of was just like background stuff. I, I never, because everybody had their weapons, so I didn't know what to do with them. So they just kind of sat there. It was strange. Of course, I had to buy it. Anytime you seen something and it had the logo, bam, Masters of the Universe, yeah. you bought it. Yeah. But I couldn't do nothing with them. Yeah, I remember uh, one of my. F I think I was Beast Man first out of like everybody from the Masters Universe for Halloween. Oh yeah. And yeah. I think the night before, I, I don't know, I had a dream. Like Beast Man came looking for me because he heard that I was gonna dress <laughs> up as him or like be an imposter. <laughs> and I just remember being so scared, waking up in the middle of the night. Oh man. But uh, yeah, I, I I remember, man. I was Beast Man, He Man, Skeletor. It was quite a lot of characters. Yep. I was only three. I was He-Man, Skeletor, and Hordak. I love that Hordak one. That was yeah, always Hordak pretty cool. I think I was Hordak too. 
Yeah. I love those old costumes that are just like the, the little plastic shirt and the mask, sure. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I was uh, Batman like 16 times. <laughs> I was always mad, though, because like I wanted to be Skeletor, but it would have the logo for Masters of the Universe on his chest. Yeah, and I exactly. being upset, like, well, Skeletor doesn't have that logo on his yeah. chest. This is not authentic. Right. Yeah. And King Hiss looks nothing like King Hiss. I never knew about, um, is it Stonedar or was it Rock-On that they made? I never knew that until I, recently that they had one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, same, same with me with, with King Hiss. I didn't even know they made King Hiss until recently. And then when I finally actually saw him, it looked like Cobra Khan. It doesn't even look like King Hiss. It just looks like a snake face. Wasn't it? Is it green? Is his face green or something? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so you're right. Yeah. I was like, wait, what is this? That ain't. Yeah, I know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 kind of not his snake form, and it's not his cartoon character looking form. It's like some other version of him. Now I can remember my first my first uh, He-Man toys came uh, for Christmas. I'm not exactly sure which year it was. If it was. 82 or 83, but I, I can remember I had the Christmas where I got the Castle Grayskull and the He-Man and the Skeletor and, you know, uh, yeah, all I those too. guys. Do you remember, was your first, just randomly you, you grabbed a toy at one point, or was it the Christmas out of the wish book? I think it was the wish book. Uh, you, you know, like, you know, it was like my parents' way of saying, oh yeah, this is what Santa Claus has this year, and, <laughs> you know, pulling out it off, so... I believe, um, you know, love at first sight because I was more into, I was always into Batman. You know, Batman was, was it as soon as I was born. You know, um, and Star Wars was awesome, but I mean, once I saw that, once I saw He Man, I was like, just, I was like, this is it, man. This guy rocks, man. Look at him. You know, he probably gets all the chicks. He rules. He's huge. <laughs> Nobody can mess with him. You know, he fights a skull-looking character. You know, it was cool. Um, yep. I was hooked from the get-go once I saw it in the wish book, I believe, and that was it. I didn't even know f- about a wish book. Uh, for me, uh, I used to collect – the only thing – I mean, my God, I don't know if I was four or five. I don't know. I think it was about four or five. I always loved Hot Wheels. I always collected Hot Wheels like crazy, but we'd always go to the store, you know, every other week, and, you know, if there's a little item, of course, parents will get you something. And that's how I first seen Masters of the Universe. That was It was a Hot Wheels search, and I was like, what is this packaging? There was something about the way that packaging drew you in, and of course, seeing, you know, everything else from the vehicles and stuff, but it drew you right to it, and that's how I got Beastman. As for my first, I think the only memory I have of Christmas for Masters of the Universe was Eternia. And that's when I was – I remember going into uh, – it was maybe, I don't know, three. You got Eternia? When you were yeah, I got Eternia. Oh, yeah, when I was a kid. The uh-huh. thing is, again, we I never had doubles of anything because we didn't have much money. So it was all by saving. And, right. You know, whether I saved to get some figures or my parents saved as much as they could to get something. Just a here you go. Get a little smile on your face. I only had one of everything. And – I remember I knew about Eternia coming out, and I wanted that badly, but I was figuring there was no way I was going to get an $89 playset. That I figured that would not happen. So I was going um, into the closet to get some stuff to go out for winter to play in the snow. As I was going into this one closet, 
um, my <laughs> ma said, Joe, don't you open? And before she said open that door, and I opened, <laughs> bam. Because she, she just put it in there a couple days before, and she didn't expect me to go in to go out that quickly. And she was like, oh, you ruined it. I was like, no, no. I was like, I didn't ruin it. I didn't ruin it. I was like, I'll be excited at Christmas, <laughs> I promise. And so I'm containing my excitement for like three weeks later. And so my brothers and sisters, they have tons of gifts under the tree, and I have one giant gift under the tree and so i didn't care that it was one compared to a bunch but i seen that one and right when it was time to open i ripped into that i'm sitting there staring at the box for i don't know how long and you know of course put it together play with it but here's the other thing that i usually don't mention too much but um there was a knock at the door and it was at the time families that didn't have tons of stuff you know you could get signed up to have people bring you gifts and like i said i mean my parents did save a long time to, to get that attorney set, but beyond that, there was not a lot we had. And these people came into the house, and they brought gifts from this, like, you know, to help families that didn't have a lot. Right. And, and um, sure enough, there was a, a land shark. There was a couple double vehicles, and they just gave some extra toys, and they were wrapped. And I asked my mom, I was like, well, why did you, you have them do that? And she was like, oh, I didn't want to see you open one gift at Christmas time, and everybody else was opening up a bunch. And I was like, I was like, well, I was like, it, it didn't matter. I was like, this is something I really wanted that badly. She's like, well, I felt bad seeing you open just one gift because she, yeah, that, she felt that one gift was the gift. <laughs> that gift was the gift. I mean, you know, I mean, she knew it meant a lot to me. But you know, a parent when they see their kids, you know, they figure, oh, they're gonna compare to their brothers and sisters who open in, you know, like five, seven gifts, and I'm opening one, but. I always remember that memory. It was a real special Christmas because not only did I have the gift I really wanted, but my mom was looking out for me so much and felt so bad. She, you know, had a different way where I got a couple extra little gifts. So, yeah, it was a memory. So, listeners, that's your heart to heart right there. <laughs> yeah, that was. It's uh, a good story, man. That's that's yeah, that's touching. You know, that's pretty cool though that uh, your mother did that. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> I always knew when my mother hid my gifts. I actually used to play with them before Christmas, put yeah. them back in the package. <laughs> yeah, I did that quite a bit as well, yeah. My parents so, had this one spot. If you went down in the basement, you walked on the basement steps, you turned left, and on the top shelf was where they would always put the gifts. Christmas, birthdays, year, yeah, it didn't same, matter what it was. The same with me. The same year, every every year, my mother put this, you know, my parents put the gifts the same place. And every year, there I'd go looking for them. And then when I'd find them, I'd set them up and, you know... <laughs> But, uh, no, nah, that's cool with the attorney. I didn't know you had it as a kid. I mean, I recently got it a couple of years ago because um, by that time, I was already out of pretty much collecting toys. Um, mm -hmm. So for me, it was, you know, all that stuff came later in life. Um, yeah, that was – I mean, it was a beyond awesome place that, I mean – Oh, I'm sure you know, as just, a child, yeah. as a kid too. Man, as a kid, I mean, your imagination, great. yeah, your imagination just explodes, creating so many yeah. battles and adventures. I mean, it was like, I'm not kidding, months and months straight of playing with that. And in fact, another quick little cool little thing about Eternia and just memories was, you know, any little bit of money that I might have got from doing chores or doing something from around the neighborhood, cutting some grass, you know, I would try to hide and sometimes my brother was always like hey, you gotta you get a couple dollars you know and i knew if i ever gave it to my brother i would never get my money back you know it's just how it is you know i'm the young yeah. kid i'm the youngest in the family so i started saying i never had money but what i did was like if i got a dollar two dollars i folded it up 
as much as I could and as small as I could. And on Eternia, right in the front by the gar- or on the front, there's that those movable the one gargoyle. Yeah, the gargoyle just, turns to the side. Yeah, the one that turns <laughs> side, and I would hide my two three dollars, or if I got a five dollar bill, I hide it there, and then I swing it over because he never went to my toys, and that's how I hid my money was in Eternia. That's great. Yeah, that's great. When you played with your toys, when when I was growing up, I would always take the toys and basically act out a, a cartoon. You know, not necessarily a specific episode, but I would pick up a character and he would walk in the room and he would say something to the other guy and they would have a conversation and a bad guy would attack and whatever. And then I would go to play with the kids down the street and it was three brothers and they were all, you know, like two years apart. So they were always you know, breaking things and jumping all over things and whatever. And when they would play with He-Man figures, they would basically grip it in their hand and they would slam their hands against each other and they would try to rip the other character out of the other guy's hand. And that's wow. how they would play He-Man was yeah, basically yeah. beating each other and trying to steal them from each other. How did you play with your toys when you would play He-Man as a kid? Want to go first, Joe? Yeah, I'll go first. I'll just yeah, I'll do it real quick. Um, again, I never wanted to play rough with any of my figures because once they were gone, that was it. So I took good care of them, but did play. And when my friends came over, there was always the debate of you know, if we would sure you'd act out stories and stuff, but you know, you know how it is. Sometimes you always had to win the battle. So it was a cool thing that I came up with that made a determining factor of who would win the battle. I would set up all my figures on one side. My friend would set up all his figures on the other side of the room. Then we took turns with the battle ram, with the missile launcher. We'd have three <laughs> missiles, and we would sit back with our army, and we'd shoot. And we'd display them like if we had Castle Grayskull, and he had Snake Mountain, and we had them all stacked around. And whoever knocked down the other person's figures first within back-and-forth turns won. So I'd start off with my three missiles, then he'd do his three missiles. And it was cool, though, because you're doing target practice and having to adjust like the battle ram. It was like a board game we had as a kids, too. What was it called? The... Uh... Oh, I forgot was the Battle for Eternia one? There was a couple, but there was like... No, 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 no. It was... Uh, uh, man, I can't think of it. It was... Uh, something Shoots... Oh, man, I can't think shoots of the name ladders? of it. Shoots and Ladders? No, no, Shoots and Ladders. Are you talking about like crossbows and catapults? Yes, yes, yes. Something just like that. Yeah. Well, it was cool to do it with the Masters figures. So that's that's what how I did most all the battles. It was cool just to line up the figures and pop them down with that missile. It was, it was kind of cool. So that's how I actually did play and how we determined who won with at least how I did it. That's cool. Well, as a kid I played, my mother would always laugh because by the time I'd set everything up, I was already bored because I had so many figures. I was <laughs> grateful enough to have all the cousins that gave me everything, you know, all the stuff that they didn't play with anymore. So I had basically three complete collections of the He-Man figures. Wow. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. So by the time I actually got everything set up, I was like, all right, I moved on to something else. <laughs> but, um, you know, growing up, me and my friends were into Dungeons & Dragons, so we'd always play Dungeons & Dragons. And then we got into the idea, like right before the 2000X figures came out, we were like, well, why don't we act out um, with toys? So we, you know... One of my friends would get, like, he'd be Max from Spawn or, like, comic book Max. Um, another friend would be Spawn. You know, I'd be He-Man. You know, we'd, we'd have all these characters who we'd be, and we'd act it out. And, you know, we'd go on adventures and quests and stuff like that. And, you know, we'd have to fight Mumra or... Uh, Bring Dinos. it all. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, an, an all-encompassing of everything, you know. It was pretty cool the way we did it. And 
we did it with dice. We played just like Dungeons and Dragons, so everything was with dice. Um, magic, magic users with dice. Everything was with dice, so you always had a chance of not doing what you wanted to do too. So it was pretty cool. But um, I'll tell a quick story. Um, there was a tree in front of my house growing up that fell when I was really young, and I was in it playing my with my He-Man toys, and I actually met my best friend growing up through life in that tree um we played with he-man and from that day on we were best friends oh, it's cool. kind of strange yeah it's yeah it's pretty cool and that's as close as brian gets to a heart-to-heart <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're really opening up on this episode <laughs> see i was a little more destructive with uh, my stuff and part of it was probably that those three boys lived you know just a couple houses down and um you know they were always destructive with each other but I can remember we had a city bus that would come down our street and it would come every half hour. And whenever there was like a big rain, um, you'd have all this stuff that would collect in the gutters. You'd have, you know, branches and leaves and stuff that would collect, you know, down on the curb. And we would basically go out in the street and we would take the branches and leaves and mud and we would build a little fort out in the middle of the street. And then you'd have one or two figures that would be, uh, you know, chosen to be the sacrifice you would set them up in the little fort and you would wait for the city bus to come because that city bus would come down. It's hitting 30, 35 miles an hour. It would just plow right through wow. the leaves and the mud and it, it would just wreck your figures. So that's how those figures pop up on eBay looking like they're for a war. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. vintage Star Wars figures, He-Man figures, Tron figures. Uh, wow. You know, I think back and I was now I feel, you know, really bad about it with uh, some of those, but, you know, at the time, um, yeah, and besides that, uh, I had a, a grandfather who lived in Arkansas, and he'd always come up, fireworks were legal in Arkansas, but they weren't in Illinois. Did you so, blow up your figures? So he would bring up the black cats, and sure <laughs> enough, we would we'd tie a black cat to somebody and light them on fire and throw them in the air. Oh, man. <laughs> I never did that. You're the kid from the toy store next door. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. That's what I always feared because my brother liked doing that with his buddies. They were always blowing up figures. I had to hide mine. Like I said, everything I had, I used to hide to some point and then take care of just just because of that stuff. But when you were talking about slamming figures into each other to destruction, I was like, God, I like I said, I just couldn't picture doing that as a kid. The only destructive thing we ever played was Bloody Knuckles. And I'm sure you, you guys yeah. played Bloody Yeah, you sit there, you get your deck of cards, you pull the one yeah. out. Like, oh, nine. Okay, nine slams of the deck into your knuckles. I mean, uh, at least we were destroying ourselves and not our figures. I mean, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a sin to destroy your toys. I have really bad arthritis as an adult, but my toys look great. <laughs> great. I, I can't hold my figures no more, but hey. He-Man great to look at. Did, uh, did He-Man cross over with other toy lines for you? Because when I was growing up, I had the Voltron Castle of Lions and Castle Grayskull. And because He-Man always had that sci-fi you know, edge to it, um, the Castle of Lions became like the future version of Castle Grayskull. And the two of them would uh, link up from time to time. Did you ever have toy lines like that that you would link up together? Um, the only ones that I would do it with would be Thundercats. Yeah. That was and the only other that I would have uh, some sort of connection with. But because of the, I guess the size of the figures um, really didn't work well with others, you know? Yeah. Um, that was the only thing that I would do is with Thundercats. 
And even yeah, that was a big size difference. Exactly, because they always were bigger. I mean, I like Thundercats. Yeah. It's the only one I ever crossed over, which were bigger, but man, I, it had a more of a fantasy element. I love Sectars. Man, did I love Sectars. They were those cool, were too, yeah. So ahead of their time in articulation and sculpt, and there's something that needs to be brought back. If they bring back what, a toy what line... What was their place at? The Hive, it was called? The, the hive. hive. Oh, dear Yeah, God. that you, was you, awesome, too. Jesus, yeah, because you... I mean, that's another giant one. You know, when you talk about Eternity being big, the Hive yeah. monster. Yeah, wasn't so. that thing like three feet tall or something? Yeah, it was huge. I remember it being really big. Yep. All right, yeah. guys. Well, that's going to about wrap it up for today. Uh, I want to thank Brian for at least showing up for the second half of the show. <laughs> and uh... I was waiting for you, Cole. I was here the whole time. <laughs> And Joe, of course, going through all the memories and talking about the customs and everything. I want to thank you for indulging me today with this. Um, guys, don't forget to go to 80smasters.com where you can check out more of that great stuff from Brian uh, when he remembers to update it. And uh, and uh, also, don't forget, I'm from popculturenetwork.com. We've always got uh, comic previews, comic reviews, toy news, stuff like that. But we have just added... If you're familiar with Pop Culture Network, we have this thing where we collect URLs, and it's just one of those uh, things that we can't get over. If uh, Pop Culture ne Network actually exists of a combination of thatnewtoysmell.com, ineedcomics.com, videogameloosers.com, and now we have added fansofpower.com to the Pop Culture Network. You can type in fansofpower.com, you will find the part of the Pop Culture Network that has all of these podcasts, plus... There's a link to 80s Masters, and there's a link to Joe's own Facebook uh, customs page. So if you want to look at any of the customs he's working on, and hey, maybe you want to uh, buy one or two, you can always find the link through there. So there's some plugs for you guys. Don't forget, if you want to leave us a voicemail message, you can call our 24-hour voicemail line. It's area code 217-953-4025. You can always leave comments or ask questions. There is also the official Pop Culture Network uh, fan page on Facebook. Um, and then, like we said, you can go to 80s Masters. They have a great forum there where you can uh, talk about basically anything from the anything 80s that you look out for. But yeah. a lot of Masters fans hanging out there as well. So any other uh, plugs or updates you guys want to throw out there before we call the show? Uh, yeah, I just... Oh, yeah. I'd just ahead. like to give a, a shout-out for uh, HeManWorld.com um, and all-encompassing Facebook page. Um, that's pretty much from my side. Anything with you, Joe? Um, no, I'm good. That's pretty good. I think you hit them all. All right. Alrighty. Thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate it a lot. Seriously, do. Have a powerful day. 